people seem to forget that we aren't always safe. Even if you're at home surrounded by thick wood or brick walls, or if you're out in the woods with nothing but millimeters of nylon separating you from the wildlife outside. So if you think it's a good idea to go camping, keep your eyes open. You're never alone out there. The following five stories are allegedly true accounts of the weird things that can happen on camping trips. Before we begin, remember, you can always submit your story at reddit.com slash r slash darkness prevails. And don't forget, this world is a strange one. Number one, The Child in the Showers, submitted by Soupy Bean. This was the most frightening experience of my life. My story happened about 10 years ago. I was a seven-year-old with no worries and the idea that the world was a completely safe and happy place. I couldn't have been more wrong. My story began in the hottest summer in years, which was pretty strange as I live in Northern England where it just seems to pour with rain all year long. My family and I were going on a trip to what looked like a cute little campsite surrounded by trees and lit by the strangely warm sunlight with my local scout troop. The first day there was lovely. It made me think this trip was going to be the best one I'd ever taken. That evening, we went swimming in a nearby pond. Once we were done, we came back and had to have showers so we could get the dirty stuff from the water off of our skin. We went into the best showers we could find, which just so happened to be on the other side of the campsite. So at our pace, it would take about 20 minutes to walk there. The campsite was pretty big. By the time we got to the showers, the light was starting to dim, lighting the path with a strange blue glow from the dull moon. It gave us a sense of eeriness and worry that maybe we should just wait until tomorrow to take showers. My friend Katie reassured me that we would only be a half an hour, an hour at most, to take our showers and walk back. So still a bit skeptical, I decided to stay so that our journey wouldn't be a waste of time. Plus, I could take a shower and stop stinking up the campsite. As many seven-year-old girls do, we kept our swimming clothes on in order to shower together. That way, more people could shower at once and we could get done faster. We had been in the shower for about 10 minutes when the lights around the place suddenly clicked off. We all froze and were left in the same eerie blue glow as before, but this time, things felt different. My friend Katie began to again reassure me that it was probably just the sensors failing to pick us up and switching off the lights. But then our shower water began to get cold until it was absolutely freezing and none of us could shower anymore. It became unbearable and we switched the water off. And after we did that, everything went quiet. The noises outside, like the crickets and the animals, it all just stopped. Katie stopped talking too. There wasn't a single noise coming from anywhere, save for our slightly faltering breathing. This confused me at first, but then from only a few meters away, I heard the softer, very calm breathing of someone, someone who was trying to be quiet and not heard someone who wasn't part of our group. 
what happened next sends chills down my spine, even to this day. Katie and I began to back away into the corner of the large shower cubicle, attempting to get as far away from this new person outside as possible and prevent ourselves from making any more noise. But then Katie began to cry, not because of sorrow, but because she was afraid. But right away, the sound of it alerted the stranger outside that we knew that they were there. The person on the other side of the door began to breathe in hard, and then they held their breath for a moment, and it was silent, until the silence was completely broken by a loud scream, a scream that didn't sound natural. And as we all covered our ears from the weird noise, I finally saw the silhouette of the person against the dull blue light. It was a child, smaller than us, but there was something wrong about his figure. It was distorted in a way, as if someone took a picture of his silhouette and added a blur to it, but that didn't make sense because he was standing there in the doorway right before us. How could he have been blurred? The sound of his cry sounds sorrowful and angry as well as afraid. It filled the showers and echoed through the campsite, and I kid you not, when he screamed, the doors behind us began to slam open and shut over and over. Shivers went down my spine, and I heard several of the kids crying. Though it felt like it lasted forever, everything stopped a mere five seconds after it began. The screaming faded away, and when we all turned to where the kid was just a moment ago, he was gone. Even still, we waited in those showers. We didn't dare go outside. We were all too afraid of what might be out there. I can't remember how long we stayed petrified in those showers, but eventually, someone went to the archway and looked out. And when they ran, we followed suit as fast as we could. Whatever belongings we took with us, it was left at the showers, and we refused to go back to them. We even refused to go back to the campsite after we left to go home. To this day, both mine and Katie's parents do not believe what happened, and they try to blame it on illusions of the light and stuff like that. It's irritating that they don't believe us, because we know what we saw and heard. That child thing was only a few feet away from us, and we were cornered in the showers with it. I looked up some history of the region, and I found some very odd urban legends about the place. One legend goes that children without eyes search for other children in the woods to attempt to get a new pair of eyes. Whether it was just my imagination, or it was a supernatural experience, this story will stay with me forever. Number two, The Dark Man of Rutledder, submitted by Carlos Mercado. We were excited. My best friend and I had just completed our first year of college, and we were very stoked about it. We decided to celebrate we packed up all our stuff, and right when the clock struck 2.30 one day, we headed off to Rutledder, Missouri, 
for the best camping trip of our lives. Probably like you, we had never heard of Rutledger, Missouri either until that night. The place was foreign to us, but that didn't matter. All that mattered was that we were finally taking a summer break for ourselves, and it was gonna be the best summer ever. We took a 40-minute drive to the camping spot, and then we arrived. We did the generic camping things, such as roasting hot dogs, eating marshmallows, and chilling out. After all, we had deserved it after a strenuous school year filled with studying. Finally, night fell upon us. It was a very dark night, seeing as we were out in the middle of nowhere, but that meant you could see all the stars in the sky so perfectly and clear. It was beautiful. We became fatigued as the hours of darkness dragged on, and we decided to call it a night. We were going to bed in my car, so we were dragging all the pillows and blankets out of the trunk, when suddenly, a stumbling old man walked up to us. Hey, guys, you you got a lighter I, I could borrow? I gotta light my fire, the strange old man asked. I was going to lie to him and tell him no, but I ultimately decided, ah, oh, what the heck. I grabbed my lighter from the trunk and I handed it to him. Well, no, I was wondering if you could come over to my campsite and light my fire for me. I was hesitant at this, but I said sure. My friend and I walked over to his campsite and we lit his fire for him no problem. He then proceeded to have a general conversation with the two of us. You know, the typical, where are you from? How old are you? Do you go to school? Kind of conversation though he was a bit odd. Something about his demeanor was eerie. He looked like he was in his late 40s. He had droopy eyes, as if he drank constantly, and he had this odd, almost forced low voice. He was five foot seven, but still looked pretty stocky. He handed us a couple of drinks. We took a few sips together, but what he said after that gave me a strong chill all over. All right, now that I gave you guys something to drink, I can't let you leave. It'd be irresponsible for me to let you go driving after drinking. At this point, we were a little concerned, but we couldn't leave. The guy could overpower us easily if he wanted to. He then started to tell us even weirder things. He talked about his sister passing on. He talked about aliens and an upcoming confrontation with another world. You know, odd things that normal people don't say to people they've just met. But I don't think this guy has the same kind of inhibitors normal people have. All the while, my friend and I were concerned for our well-being. We were aware that this man was unpredictable. He could drag us to the river at any second if he wanted to. The worst part about it was that we were 40 minutes from the city, a town that didn't even show up on our GPSs that apparently had a population of 11 people. So it was just us. Absolutely no one else would be able to come to our aid. Heck, if he did try something on us, our remains would probably not be discovered for months, maybe even years due to the obscurity of the region. 
We hadn't even told anyone where we were going, and honestly, I knew that was a mistake. He then began to talk about Bigfoot, and I couldn't help but think, what a wacko. He must have seen my expression and said, don't worry, if Bigfoot comes near us, I'll, I'll protect you. He then lifted up the side of his shirt to reveal a revolver. At this point, my heart was pounding, and I was sure that my friend felt the same. Right there and then, I knew we were done for. There was no escaping this man. There was no possible way we could get out of this situation. Well, not intact, at least. He then started talking about random stuff. He paced away as he did so. At this point, he was facing a different direction as I was. That's when I swiftly pulled out my phone and texted my friend. Let's get out of here. He then turned around and spotted me. Hey, put your phone away. You kids, all addicted to social media. I obliged. That's when my friend perked up the courage and spoke out. You know what, we're really tired. We're going to go back to our car to sleep. But he wouldn't let us. You're not going anywhere. He kept saying how he couldn't let us leave, but my friend was persistent. Finally, we somehow got through to him. He let us go under one condition. We take our remaining drink and throw it in the fire. And we did so. Something about it was so unsettling. Something about the drink igniting in the fire, making it bigger, made the environment more eerie than it already was. I assume I was subconsciously picturing my friend and I in the fire, perishing, and no one to come to our aid with that man laughing at us. Eventually, the cackling of the fire decreased. We climbed inside my car and we locked the door. The man then turned to his fire and put it out as we got in the car. Things were real now. It was quiet and dark. Too dark to see anything outside the windows. Not even our own hands inside the car. The stars and moon were completely useless in terms of rendering light. We now knew that this man could be anywhere. He could have been under the car, behind it, in front of us, and we wouldn't even know. I was expecting the worst. I was expecting him to bash through the back windshield and get us. Finally, my friend exclaimed that we should just risk it and drive away. I then got a sudden burst of adrenaline picturing the man's face. I stepped on the pedal and we were out of there as quick as air. We drove back to the city for what seemed like miles and not once did we ever decide to go back to that place. We never told anyone about it either. Now, every time I'm in the dark, I'm reminded of that odd and frightening man. It's why my friend and I often refer to him as the Dark Man. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. 
Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 3. Unknown Crawler in New Mexico Submitted by CEA1990 I want to preface this story with the fact that I did not get a good look at what we encountered. I saw a glimpse, and I don't want to make any assumptions on what it may or may not have been. Two of my friends and I used to be stationed at Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas, and we decided that a Memorial Day camping weekend would be a good idea. So we took a trip up to Monjo Peak outside of Ruidoso, New Mexico. We planned to stay for three nights, the first two of which were very relaxing. On the first day there, when we were deciding where to set up our tent, we found loads of remains from various animals, not mounted up or anything like they were just collected, just remains all over the campsite. This campsite had five places to pitch tents over about 300 square meters, we decided to pitch our tents on the highest point of the campsite, about 30 to 40 feet higher in elevation than the parking lot. On the third night, it was well after sunset when all the noises from the woods began to vanish. I'm not sure how long it was silent before me and my friends broached the subject, but it wasn't long after that that the hair on the back of my neck started to stand followed by goosebumps all over. I could see my friends starting to get jittery, and from one of the other campsites, we heard their two dogs going absolutely crazy. These were very relaxed and happy dogs for the last two days. We had also made decent acquaintances with the couple who had the dogs, and they had lunch with us on day two. The other two groups that were there camping at the same time had suddenly gone just as silent. Our car was about 60 meters from our campsite, and we unanimously decided to go over to them to grab our ARs and nine millimeters. On our way back, we began to smell this putrid stench. I don't know if you've ever had to burn manure before, but it smelled like that mixed with decay. It was cloying, and felt like it was almost physical, it was so strong. We got back to our campsite and decided to post guard all through the night. One of us stayed up, the other two would sleep, or at least rest. I volunteered for the first shift because I knew I wasn't getting any rest at all that night. We had plenty of firewood for the evening, especially because we were leaving the next morning. While I stood watch, I kept the fire blazing as much as I could because I figured that if it was some sort of animal, it wouldn't be too interested in messing with me if I had a fire. 
so I kept my back to the fire to maintain good night vision. In the region we were in, the forest to the southwest of the campsite was pretty burnt out, but once you got into the tree line, the place was steep, not impassable by any means, but not somewhere you needed to be walking at night. So in no way was this forest flat. Behind the trees, I began to notice a stark white shape. I shouldered my AR, ready for anything, but the shape didn't move at all. I assumed it was a tree partially hidden behind another one. I started scanning the tree line again with a flashlight. I could smell and feel the stench getting stronger than it was before. As my beam passed over what I thought was the obscured tree, I saw eye shine from the white shape, and the moment I registered what I was seeing, it ducked behind the tree. My skin crawled. I debated about investigating, but instead I roused my friends and we scanned together. When my shift was over, I took off my rainfly on my tent so I could see out of it if needed. My friend's shifts passed by uneventfully, and on my next shift, I didn't see anything, but the smell was still there. In the morning, just before dawn broke, the smell seemed to recede, but only so much, almost like it left a scent as a warning. That's the impression that I got. We broke camp and started packing up. About halfway through our breakdown, we saw the other three groups packing up as well. I went over and talked to the couple with the dogs, asking them if they saw anything weird last night or if they managed to calm their dogs down after they stopped barking. They told me that even when they stopped barking, the dogs would not sleep. They spent the night whining and growling in the direction of the hill to the southwest, exactly where I'd seen that odd thing. There's something in Ruidoso, New Mexico, and I know it's still there. Number four, Camp Stranger, submitted by Anonymous. I was 11 years old when this happened. I was going camping with my girl guiding troop for the weekend. I'd missed my drama club and a singing audition, so I was hoping the trip would be worth it. When I was told that seven of us would be in a tent meant for only four, I was fuming. After I set up my sleeping bag, me and my best friend at the time decided to go to the disco our troop had. There were only five people there, me, my best friend, two other participants, and the DJ. Now, me and my friend didn't pay much attention to the DJ until my best friend pulled me aside and whispered, hey, there's something weird about the DJ. At the time, I believed every single conspiracy theory I was told, so immediately I was suspicious of him. Apparently, that's all it took. I remember dancing with my friend, and from that point on, I made eye contact with the DJ. Like any preteen girl would, I was kind of embarrassed, but when he looked at me in the eye with a smirk, I knew he really had been watching us. When we got back to the tent, we joked around about him with the other girls, but it still deep down creeped me out. The next day, or should I say night, there was a huge disco. 
there were about 25 other guide districts there, but it was late in the evening and most everybody had left. So that night, there were only three of us, including my best friend. We ran in and my friends and I just started dancing. It was the same DJ as before, so I felt a little uncomfortable. He was still looking at me and my friends. I left early to go to the bathroom and I left my friends there to enjoy themselves. They would be fine, I thought. The next day, we were doing this fitness exercise routine, five sessions of it to be exact, and you could probably guess by now that the DJ was there as well. While we exercised, he watched. He had his stuff packed up because it was his last day of camp, and I knew for a fact he was already supposed to be gone. I almost didn't notice him until we turned around as part of the fitness routine, and he was there, staring me straight in the eyes. The weird thing was he stayed for all of our five sessions. Each session consisted of five fitness routines, and that's a total of 25 different routines. So we were there for a couple of hours, and he was still staring at me, just me. Not one point the entire time did I notice him take his eyes off of me, and I don't think he cared that I knew he was watching. What surprises me is that none of the adults said anything about it. They just let him sit there and watch these young girls. It seemed like every time I looked back at him, his smile had grown a little bit, and he showed a bit more of his teeth. At one point, I swear I saw him biting his lower lip. It sent chills down my spine. I felt nauseous, to be honest with you. As soon as we got done with our fitness stuff, the DJ guy got up and walked over to his car and then left, meaning he could have gotten up the entire time and left, but instead this grown man decided to sit in the grass and watch a bunch of girls work out. Keep in mind, I was only 11 years old. To this day, it still bothers me, and my best friend tries to joke about it with me. I might laugh at those jokes, but deep down, I'm struggling to forget about it. And number five, Camping Experience, submitted by Connor P. My girlfriend and I were going on a camping trip in a local forest near us, but first we had to free up some of our schedules for the trip. We had gotten all packed up and ready to go hiking into the woods for three days. We drove for about 30 minutes to get to where we would start hiking, and when we arrived, it was about five o'clock at night. The sun was just starting to set, so we didn't go very far until we set up a campsite. The woods we were in were very far from any towns, so keep that in mind. As we were setting up our campsite, my girlfriend suddenly stopped and said to me, did you hear that? I stopped what I was doing and looked at her. I listened for a moment, but didn't hear anything. So I answered, did I hear what? It sounded like leaves cracking in the distance. We remained silent for another second but I still didn't hear it, and I went back to doing what I was doing. I just told her it was just an animal, and nothing to really worry about. We got a fire going pretty soon. We drank a little bit and had some fun, before crawling into our tent to get some shut-eye. 
I was just dozing off when I suddenly heard the sound of a stick cracking. It was only about 10 yards away. I dismissed it as an animal again. I was tired and in denial. I wanted some sleep. So I rolled to the other side in my sleeping bag and shut my eyes. I saw that my girlfriend was sound asleep and I didn't want to disturb her. All the more reason to not pay attention to the noises outside, I thought. It was only a matter of five minutes before I heard the stick break again, but this time it was now just outside of the tent. I didn't move. I wouldn't let myself move. I wasn't sure what that was, but it did sound rather heavy to just be a nocturnal animal. I heard whatever it was slowly walking around the campsite. It sounded like it was being deliberate with its steps, trying its best not to be heard, as if it knew we were just inside the tent. Eventually, the footsteps exited the campsite, and I finally forgot about it and fell asleep. The next morning, I woke up, and my girlfriend was already packing up her stuff to go on another hike. I stretched and yawned, but I was completely ready for another day in the woods. We were talking and having a good conversation until she asked me, did you hear those noises outside our tent last night? I didn't know she heard them. I thought she was sleeping. I told her I did, but whatever it was wouldn't be bothering us any longer since we were moving in the opposite direction of the campsite. She shrugged and agreed with me. We kept walking and eventually stopped and ate lunch at a small creek. As we finished eating, we suddenly heard the same noises we had heard the previous night. I picked up a rock and threw it in the direction it was coming from. We heard something scurry off quickly. We stopped to set up camp for a second night. We started a fire again, then sat down to have some dinner that we had packed. And once more, we finally settled into our tent and tried to fall asleep. But again, I woke up in the middle of the night. This time, I had to use the restroom. As I stepped one foot out of our tent, I stopped in my tracks. My heart sank as I saw what looked like a person hunched over the coals of our fire in the middle of the night. I was petrified, staring at the person before me but whoever it was was very odd in its appearance. Their body was extremely thin and pale. I could see each of its vertebrae sticking out of its back almost painfully, and its ears weren't round at the ends. They almost came to a point. If this was a person, they weren't healthy, and if it wasn't, then I didn't want to be a part of this. As quietly as possible, I shut the tent and laid back down, and I laid there in silence. I must have laid there for an hour without moving, but the entire time, I never heard the sound of anything exiting the campsite, but I was anxious and afraid, so I quietly got up once more, and I unzipped the tent flap very, very slowly. I made hardly any sound. I poked my head out to get a look at the coals of the fire, the creature was still there, except now it was staring at me. I stood still, but I knew it had seen me. The creature hissed a strange noise, letting me know that this was no person at all. 
Luckily for me, after it had made the noise, it ran away into the darkness of the woods. My girlfriend woke up to the frightening screech of the creature and was now afraid with me. I told her to lie down and to not move until the sun rose in the morning. Somehow, I was able to fall asleep after that happened. We quickly packed up our things and hurried off towards our car. I started it up and looked into the woods once more. I fully expected to see that creature behind every tree. Before I could take in any details of the trees behind me, I floored it home. My girlfriend and I have both decided we won't be going back to that forest again. Every time you make it out of those woods unscathed, you should be very grateful, maybe even surprised. Every day, people are getting lost, people are passing away, people are becoming prey in the woods. Yet people are still brave enough to think it's a fun pastime to go hiking and camping overnight in the middle of the most vulnerable place in the country. Good luck out there if you plan on going camping. I think you'll need it. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your stories at reddit.com r slash darkness prevails. Thanks. Stay safe out there.